Happy Friday, Max. I'm sure it's been a busy week building, but the weekend is almost upon us. Over in Whitefish, the snow's tapering off this morning, but keep your coat handy. It's a chilly day ahead with highs just around 35 degrees. And as the day unfolds, whether you're hitting the slopes with Juliet or just enjoying a quiet, snowy evening, we're here to fill you in on today's top stories. In our first piece, southwestern Iceland is grappling with its third volcanic eruption since December. The lava flow has disrupted local communities by cutting off heat and hot water and even prompted evacuations around the famed Blue Lagoon Geothermal Spa. I'm Steve Onsker, alongside Jonathan Martin, and you're tuned into the Morning Brief from Pocket Pod News. Then we'll dive into the story of 23andMe. Founded with high hopes of transforming healthcare through home DNA testing, the company now faces financial challenges and a crossroads for its business model after posting a significant loss in its 2023 fiscal year. And for our third story today, we'll look at a major decision from the FCC. AI-generated voices and robocalls have been declared illegal amidst growing concerns over their use in scams and voter deception. We'll explore what this means for technology's role in communication and security. This message is brought to you by PocketPod News sponsor, Milo. Transform bedtime into a magical journey with Milo, the AI story generator that crafts personalized bedtime stories for dreamers of all ages. From enchanted forests to distant planets, Milo brings your imagination to life, making every night an adventure. Discover the magic and download the Milo Bedtime Stories app today, where every story is as unique as you are. Iceland's serene landscapes are once again disrupted. Yes, a volcano in southwestern Iceland erupted for the third time since December. This has not only put on a dramatic natural display, but also caused significant disruptions, including the evacuation of the famed Blue Lagoon Spa. To get a deeper understanding of what's happening on the ground and the implications of these repeated eruptions, we'll be talking with PocketPod News science correspondent Clint Randall. Clint, what can you tell us about this recent volcanic activity and its impact on the local community and environment? Absolutely, Jonathan. The recent volcanic eruption in southwestern Iceland has indeed caused significant disruptions, including the evacuation of the Blue Lagoon Geothermal Spa and cutting off heat and hot water supply to several communities. This event is a stark reminder of the geological volatility that characterizes Iceland's landscape. Let's start with the eruption itself. Can you give us more details on how it unfolded? Certainly. The eruption began at about 6 a.m. along a three-kilometer fissure northeast of Mount Seelingarfell. Witnesses reported lava jets and a significant plume of steam rising from the site, marking it as the third eruption in this area since December. That sounds quite dramatic. What has been the impact on infrastructure? The impact has been considerable. The volcanic activity engulfed a hot water supply pipeline, which is critical for heating and providing hot water to several towns on the Reykjanes Peninsula. Efforts are underway to lay an underground water pipe as a backup solution while urging residents to conserve hot water and electricity. And what about the Blue Lagoon Geothermal Spa? It's a significant tourist attraction. Yes, it is. The eruption led to its immediate eva evacuation as a precautionary measure when a stream of steaming lava spread across its exit road, posing potential risks to guests and staff alike. Thankfully, everyone was safely evacuated from the spa, which was closed at the time of the eruption. Given Iceland's position above a volcanic hotspot in the North Atlantic, eruptions are not uncommon. Could you elaborate on that geological context? Indeed, Jonathan. Iceland sits over a volcanic hotspot contributing to its frequent geological activity, including eruptions every four to five years on average. 
This makes Iceland both fascinating for geologists and challenging for local infrastructure and emergency management. And historically speaking, how does this event compare to previous eruptions in Iceland? While each eruption is unique, we can draw parallels with past events like the disruptive 2010 Age of Yala Jokul eruption that caused extensive airspace closures over Europe due to ash clouds. Though this current eruption hasn't had such widespread implications yet, it highlights Iceland's susceptibility to significant geological events with potential far-reaching impacts. With these repeated eruptions in recent months, what might be expected moving forward? Geological experts are closely monitoring this situation for signs of increased activity or potential new fissures opening up. It underscores the importance of robust emergency planning and infrastructure resilience in volcanic regions like southwestern Iceland. Thank you for keeping us up to date on the latest updates from this scary situation. My pleasure, Jonathan. It's an ongoing situation. We'll continue keeping an eye on and provide updates as they come in. Robocalls have long been a nuisance, but it seems the problem is evolving with new technology. Exactly. And now the FCC is stepping up its game against robocallers using AI voice cloning. Imagine getting a call from what sounds like a loved one in distress or even a celebrity asking for your support. To dive deeper into this story, we're joined by PocketPod News Technology Correspondent Alex Harmon. Alex, how are these AI-generated voices adding a new layer of deception to robocalls? Absolutely, Jonathan. The FCC's recent ruling against robocalls utilizing AI-generated voices marks a significant step in combating fraud and protecting consumers. By classifying these AI voice calls as artificial under the 1991 law, the commission aims to curb deceptive practices like voter suppression and extortion. Voter suppression through robocalls sounds particularly concerning. Can you elaborate on how AI-generated voices have been used in those contexts? Certainly. There have been instances where robocalls equipped with eerily realistic AI-generated voices misled voters about election details or intimidated them with false consequences of voting. These calls are designed to confuse or scare voters away from participating in elections, effectively suppressing voter turnout through deceit. That's deeply troubling. And what about extortion? How are these AI voices being used? Extortion schemes have become sophisticated with this technology. Scammers can clone a loved one's voice to create distressing messages, perhaps claiming they're in danger and need money immediately. This emotional manipulation makes it difficult for individuals to recognize the scam, often leading them to send money to fraudsters. It seems like the FCC's ruling could not come soon enough. What legal tools does this ruling provide for fighting back against such misuse? The ruling enhances legal recourse significantly. Victims can now sue robocallers who use AI-generated voices more easily, and it bolsters state attorneys general in prosecuting these cases by clearly defining such calls as illegal under federal law. Besides scams and voter suppression, are there other ways this technology has been misused that prompted the FCC's action? Yes, from imitating celebrities to spread misinformation to creating fake emergency situations for financial gain, AI voice cloning has opened a Pandora's box of potential fraudulent activities. The FCC's action acknowledges the broad scope of harm these technologies can inflict when misused. With technology advancing so rapidly, how is the FCC planning to keep up with not just voice cloning, but other emerging technologies that might be exploited? 
It's indeed a challenging task given the pace of technological advancement. However, by establishing clear legal frameworks and working alongside tech companies for better regulation and detection methods, the FCC aims to stay ahead of malicious uses while encouraging responsible innovation. I do have to ask, Alex, are there any downsides to some of these regulations? That's fair. At the end of the day, it's going to be a tricky balance for the FCC. I think we all can agree. Scamming and unwanted robocalls need to be dealt with. But on the other hand, this same technology is being used by a lot of innovative startups, creating AI receptionists who can speak hundreds of languages or AI customer support reps that can handle complex problems. So I think the FCC does need to be careful to create regulations that still allow for this type of innovation. And finally, Alex, what does this mean for consumers moving forward? For consumers, it means an added layer of protection against an emerging threat that leverages cutting-edge technology for deception and fraud. But it does also mean that some of these other, more beneficial use cases may be slower to get to market. That was PocketPod News Technology Correspondent Alex Harmon giving us the latest on the FCC's fight against robocallers and AI. Thank you, Alex. Of course, Jonathan. The tech world is buzzing with the latest financial developments of a once-soaring giant. 23andMe, known for revolutionizing the way we think about DNA testing, has seen a dramatic shift in its market position, from a valuation in the billions to facing the risk of NASDAQ delisting. To help us understand what's happening behind the scenes and what this could mean for the future of consumer genetic testing, we're joined by PocketPod News business correspondent Leah Haynes. Leah, what can you tell us about the financial health of 23andMe? Well, Jonathan, 23andMe's journey is a compelling tale of innovation, ambition, and the hurdles of navigating both privacy concerns and financial sustainability in the rapidly evolving field of consumer genetics. Founded in 2006, the company initially captivated consumers with its affordable home DNA tests, providing insights into genetic lineage and health predispositions. This democratization of genetic testing marked a significant milestone in personal health care. It sounds like they were off to a promising start, but you mentioned hurdles. What kind of challenges did 23andMe face as it grew? Indeed, their early success wasn't without its challenges. The business model, while innovative, struggled with sustainability issues, mainly because it didn't encourage repeat purchases from consumers. By 2015, despite gaining FDA approval to provide health information based on DNA results, a monumental achievement, the limitations of their model became apparent as they sought new avenues for growth. So what was their strategy for addressing these sustainability issues? The company made a strategic pivot towards leveraging their vast database for drug development, an area with significant potential but also high risks and costs. This shift aimed at using genetic insights garnered from their DNA tests to inform pharmaceutical research, marking an ambitious attempt to transition from primarily offering consumer services to becoming a stakeholder in drug development. That's quite the ambitious pivot. How did this strategy play out financially for them? Financially, it's been a rough journey. Uh, after going public through a SPAC merger with Virgin Group, which uh, initially surged their valuation, the reality set in with declining sales and rising operating costs, especially those associated with pharmaceutical research and acquisitions. By the end of its 2023 fiscal year, 23andMe reported a staggering loss of $312 million. With financial losses mounting, how has public perception been affected, particularly regarding privacy concerns? 
public perception has indeed taken a hit amid broader concerns over data privacy in the tech industry. For 23andMe specifically, reports surfaced about stolen genetic data being offered for sale online, which only exacerbated worries about how personal genetic information is stored and protected. These privacy concerns have certainly contributed to declining stock prices and fears of potential delisting from NASDAQ. In light of these challenges, financial struggles and privacy concerns, how is 23andMe responding? Ann Wojcicki announced plans to reduce the development team significantly as part of broader cost-cutting measures aimed at extending the company's cash runway while focusing on core operations, a clear sign that they are trying to stabilize financially while reassessing their strategic direction. It seems like there's still hope for 23andMe if they can navigate these turbulent waters effectively. Absolutely, Jonathan. The rise and fall and potential rise again of 23andMe highlight critical lessons about integrating genetics into healthcare and drug development amidst financial sustainability and privacy challenges. Their journey underscores both the promise and perils facing companies at the intersection of technology and healthcare. That was Leah Haynes, PocketPod News business correspondent, providing valuable insights into the financial and strategic challenges facing 23andMe. Thank you for joining us, Leah. My pleasure, Jonathan. And that's The Morning Brief for Friday, February 9th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Max. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to PocketPod DAP.